Hey, Solo Nation. It's Jolie Herman here. Welcome to the Solo Parent Podcast. Thanks for joining us and thanks for following our show. We do grow stronger together. Follow us on Instagram at Solo Parent Podcast too. Your support means the world to us. Role model alert. Today we have the honor and pleasure of speaking with a solo mom whose work is brought into millions of homes every week. I'm talking about Sarah Fain, co-producer and writer of The Shield, executive producer and writer of the new Fantasy Island, among other groundbreaking shows. For Buffy fans, she was a writer on Angel. And she's a podcast host of Happier in Hollywood with her writing partner, Elizabeth Kraft. Sarah is a person who chose to be a solo mom. She's all that. Let's dive in and see how this role model thinks and how her daughter has transformed her life. Hey, Sarah, I am so incredibly happy to have you on the Solo Parent Podcast. It is truly an honor. I'm so excited to be here. I mean, okay, so I know from our shared circle of friends what you've been up to, plus I'm a fan. But I don't think we've actually spoken in like 30 years. <laughs> I know. I, I, and I want to oh. give a shout out. Our mutual friend and resident Yenta, Mindy, helped arrange this conversation with the help of the amazing Liz Craft. So I want to give them yes. both a shout out right off the bat. Mindy, Liz, we love you. I mean, Indeed, just, we do. it's good to have old friends. <laughs> so let's dive They're in. They're amazing. Because life is short. Okay. And I just want to say you've... At this point in time, have finished the new reboot of Fantasy Island, and it's got the culty fan fave vibes that you and Liz create in all of your shows. Can you talk off just right off the bat a little bit about how that came to be? Yes, it was last summer, and we got a call from a division of Sony called Gemstone okay. from the executives there, Marie Jacobson and uh, Ray record. And they were like, Fox is really interested in doing a contemporary version of fantasy Island. If we can come up with a take, that's really great. It will be a straight to series pickup, which is very rare. Usually it's such a long process. You have to pitch a pilot, they buy a script, then you shoot it. Then they decide if it's, it's like this whole thing. Then they decide if they're going to pick it up. So straight to series, we were like, all right, that's good. So we came up with a take. We pitched it in November. They picked it up straight to series in December. And then it was just like off to the races. I think we started shooting in, God, I don't know if it was March or April, but it was, it was a very compressed, intense, but really fun process. How did they come up with you two? I mean, I, you know, read interviews where Liz was saying we used to watch it all the time and, you know, the theme music <laughs> just triggers happy memories for me. How did they come to, to the two of you? You know, I don't know. That's a great question. I think, you know, all studios have lists of writers that they like, and we must have been on their list and we happen to be available. But it was so great because, you know, we both, loved Fantasy Island as kids and have these incredibly vivid memories of like Liz has talked about the green shag carpet, I think on <laughs> Stafford road. I mean, I would be like in the, the basement family room at my dad's house 
watching Fantasy Island before we even knew each other. You know, it was such a cultural thing to do, like Love Boat Fantasy Island. Yeah. Oh, no. And then like you'd go and talk to your watching. friends. Yeah, at, at school the next day <laughs> or, or the next Monday or whenever. And because we didn't have all of this streaming content that we have now, you, like, anticipated yeah. that. And, and I feel like you brought that anticipation to the show. Like, you have these sweeping big shots and, you know, it, it just feels so exciting to be there on, you know, on the, like, while you're watching it. You feel like you're actually there. You're really immersed in it. And the whole dream come true vibe, like, that is just yeah. fantastic. It felt, it felt like what we all really needed coming out of a pandemic, hopefully coming out of a pandemic, you know, that we needed some escapism and something uplifting and hopeful and fun. So we tried to really lean into that and something beautiful. Yeah. You know, we've all been stuck in our houses, being seeing the beach and the jungle and, you know, on, on your TV screens. We certainly enjoy it. <laughs> Well, and meanwhile, you took your daughter with you for filming, which to me is really amazing for a ton of reasons. Okay, A, you were in a foreign country. I'm I'm assuming that the pandemic, that this was when the pandemic was in full force. Yeah. Okay, and then you were probably pretty busy working. Tell me about your decision to take the leap to immerse in work while you were solo parenting, or was that just always part of your plan even did you know that that's what your life would look like before you even took the leap into being a solo parent? Yeah, I mean, the pandemic put it certainly at a new level. But, you know, when I was seven months pregnant, I went to Vancouver to shoot a pilot. Liz and I were there for a couple of months. And then when Violet was seven months old, we did a uh, pilot in Hungary. So we went to Hungary for a couple of months. And then once she was school age, it was harder to travel for long periods of time, but she was remote schooling and she'd been remote schooling in Minnesota. Like we left LA and went to Minnesota just for a change of scene. Uh And then, so it, it felt the same, you know, it felt like, okay, it'll just be remote schooling in a tropical location instead of by a frozen lake. Right. And for her, it was so great because it, She'd been so isolated for so long. And then, you know, we were living at a resort and I was working just crazy hours, but she had a really wonderful nanny and everybody was getting tested and being distanced. So it felt like a relief, but as safe a relief as we could, you know, possibly have. Well, and here's, I'm just going to say that my feeling is that when I was a, a solo parent, I'm in a blended family now, but when I was, Mm -hmm. when it was just myself and my daughter, our bond was really, really powerful. Like there were no distractions in terms of, you know, the one-on-one connection. And I can just kind of imagine in my mind, this little person sort of being around, you know, on the set or just kind of running around the resort and you're (laughs) keeping mental tabs on her, you know, while a nanny's working. But, but I just imagine that the bond that you have as the two of you in your little in your little family is, is something that helps that that scenario work. Yes, absolutely, for sure. We call ourselves Team Fane, mm. um, yep. you know. And when we kind of need to rally or something, you know, it's like, all right, Team Fane, here we go. Yeah, I think that's absolutely 
true. You know, we travel as a unit, you know, we kind of come as a pair. Yeah, there's definitely an intensity and a bond, I think, in the in the solo mom child relationship that I think is one of the greatest things about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're very, very close. Mm-hmm. I don't think teenagehood is going to be super fun. <laughs> I don't but... know. I mean, I think it's different than when, when I was growing up because I just feel like there's a little more sort of be who you are vibe, you know, like follow. Yeah. Your... I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Oh, I, I hope so. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> Desperately hope so. I have a tween right now and so far, you know, we see the things, but, but it's been sort of, you know, I, you know, I see you. And she says to me, like when I'm feeling down or lost, she's like, I see you mom, you know, because we have, I know, because we have that bond that we forged during, you know, forged through fire and trials, Yeah, you know, and all the hard work that goes into being the 24 hour parent. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're going to get through it together because you have. Right. I, yeah. And I just imagine what, what that was like for her and, and the stories that she'll be able to tell, you know, of her life growing up, having gone to, you were in Puerto Rico, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, going to Puerto Rico and living in a resort or going to wherever (laughs) else life takes team Fane. I mean, that's, that is a dream come true. And and I imagine you have a team that travels with you as well, like a nanny. Do you have more than one nanny? Well, no. And when the pandemic hit, she, you know, she had had the most wonderful nanny for six years who kind of made everything work. Mm. And then she couldn't come anymore because she has a large family. And it was just the two of us. And then actually my stepmom, who is like my hero, mm. came to live with us for seven months Mm. before we went to Puerto Rico. And I think without her, we would have all just evaporated. (laughs) And then in Puerto Rico, I just, our line producer, Francis hooked me up with like the best, most wonderful woman who was Violet's nanny while we were there. And right now I don't have a nanny. It's just me and Violet in school. Wow. So, yeah, at some point, I'm sure I will need some extra support. But at the moment, it's working okay. That's great. I mean, angels really do come from everywhere when you so need true. them, when you're lucky. Yeah. I have so many questions about your career arc and how you got to where you are today. But since our audience is ostensibly interested in parenting, we've been talking about parenting, I want to scratch that itch a little bit more. So as a solo mom... You know, it's different than when we were growing up in the Midwest, because I don't remember knowing yeah, a whole sure. lot of solo by choice parents. I, right. I mean, none. Yeah. Right. I, and how did your thinking about purposely parenting by yourself evolve? I mean, sort of by necessity, uh, you know, age happens, years right. pass. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I suddenly found I was in my mid thirties and I wasn't married and I was like, okay, I think, you know, the man of my dreams is not going to appear. So if I want to be a mom, I'm going to have to figure it out on my own. Mm. And it was challenging to sort of take the mental leap because you just sort of 
have in your mind, this is how my life will go. I will get married, then I will have kids, you know, then I, I will have this career and then my kids will go to college and I will have an empty nest. Right. And that wasn't happening. So I just kind of, I did a lot of research. I read a lot of books. Right. And then I just decided I was going to have to take the leap on my own. And I did, you know, there were skeptics for sure. Mm. My mom was like, aren't you too old to adopt? I Mm. I don't think so. And my dad really would have preferred I waited. But of course, now I'm like, if I'd waited, I just wouldn't have had either version, you know, of a family. Right. So I just jumped and Liz was great. Liz Kraft, who's my writing partner, has always been, you know, extremely supportive. But yeah, it was not a road that I had seen in my future. Because as you said, when we were growing up, there just weren't any solo parents. Right. There were that I knew of. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't a lot of role model solo moms or dads. I mean You know, even now, I don't I know solo dads who have been in relationships, but, you know, it's it's a little bit less of a a thing for for dads to go out and adopt a child or, you know, have a surrogate or something by themselves. But but moms uh, do it. I have a friend here in the Midwest right now who has twins. Yeah, right. And she does it. (laughs) And I know she has a huge team of like family and Liz, to me, when I listen to the two of you and having known known both of you from high school and, you know, for a long time, she's just one of those people who, and I have this, you know, just memory of her as like in fourth grade or something, just with her big smile. And, you know, just oh, she's like yeah. a family person. You know, she's just someone who yeah. who feels like family when, when you're around her. And so I could see how having that kind of friendship and that kind of closeness with someone who's like, I got your back. You know, you're going to be able to yeah. do this, go for it, that that's helpful. It's not like you were in some cold, sterile, you know, environment where and, – and even if you were, you'd probably say, this is what I want. This is what I – you know. Would you do it all over Yes. Again, do you think if you didn't have oh. support? That's an unfair yes, question. for okay. sure. Yep. But I think – yeah, I definitely would have. I think part of it, though, is – I think it's in some ways easier to do where I am. Like right. in Los Angeles, it didn't seem like that big a deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There were all kinds of different families in our lives already. So it just felt like, okay, cool. This is what I'm doing and everybody will be fine with it. Yeah. If I'd lived somewhere else, I don't, I probably would have done it, but I think it would have been harder. Yeah. I, that, that kind of is a question I was going to ask about you know, how being in a certain region or a certain city or or environment is conducive to having a non-traditional family because you do see it around you and you can find groups of people who are doing the same thing. You can have conversations with people who get it and you're not being judged or, you know, feeling like you're wearing, you know, scarlet letter or something like that, which Growing up in kind of a traditional family, I mean, my parents were married for 50 years and that, you know, are, are married um, still for, what, 54. But fif- they were married for 50 years when I was a became a single mom. And, uh-huh. you know, I didn't have that role modeling. Like, this is OK. And even though I was living in a big city, I still felt like I kind of had to explain myself a little bit. And yeah, do, 
do we need to explain ourselves? Like, I mean, do you think that there's a narrative that you carry around with you about, hey, this was my choice or like an attitude that you have? Or is it, do you just feel like, yeah, I'm good? It's funny because early on, yes, absolutely. I had kind of my stock things that I would say and I was prepared to, to, yeah, to kind of explain myself. And now I honestly just forget about it. Yeah. I don't even think about it. And then I realize, oh, God, I should probably tell Violet's teacher that there's no dad in our family. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I used to, like, really prepare in advance and have it all kind of laid out. And now it's just like, this is, this is who we are. I, I don't even really think about it. I, pr- I should probably think about it more. Right. Right. And saying things like I'm mom and dad to this child, you know, like like saying it in a really positive way. So there's not like this like feeling of lack or, oh, too bad. I mean, this is to me an incredible achievement to be able to do both things, to be all things, you know. Yeah. I just say, oh, we're a mom kid family. Yeah. We're a mom kid family. I love that. (laughs) That's a really that's my stock thing now. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. You know. T-shirt, mom, kid, family. Love that. Uh, <laughs> and do you think that being in your industry makes it harder or easier? I mean, you know, Sandra Bullock, Charlize Theron, you know, they're people who are yeah. solo moms by choice. Were you inspired by them, do you think? Or was it more of an organic, this is my life thing? No, I remember being aware of, uh, particularly of Sandy adopting her first child. Mm-hmm. I just remember being kind of like, okay, that's good. That's going to be, that's cool. She, I think, comes across as a very normal person, mm. part of her sort of appeal as an actor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I definitely felt like, all right, if she can do it, I can do it. Even though I'm like, she's like in a different category than I am. Of, you know, right. Like, of but, superhero. Different category of superhero. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I do remember feeling a connection to that and saying like, all right, this is, this can be done. But for me, I think it was more following people who had blogs about being only parents who were more kind of everyday people. There's a woman who lives now in Idaho and I would read her blog and she's just, a person and super cool. And I was like, all right, if she can do that, I can do that. Nice. So it was more of that, I think. And then reading books by people like Jane Matz and Nikki Morissette, who are kind of the, in some ways, the founders of SMC hood uh-huh. that made me feel like it wasn't such an unusual path. There are actually a lot of people who are solo parents right. and it works out just great. I, that's, you know, I, this is why I am shouting role model, you know, at the top of this episode, it is, we need to know that people are, are paving the way for us that, yeah, that it's, I don't, I don't want to say that it's okay, but it is non-traditional is, is okay. You know, that this is the new normal for us and yeah, blended is the new normal or, or not, you know, um, it's, it's all families are whole. I, I very yes, much. Yes. I love that. Yeah. That's one true. of my mantras. You know, I, I very much bristle at the idea of broken family, 
because what what child is not going to take that into their psyche? Like, I come from a broken family. Yeah. Or I come from, oh, you know, my, my mom doesn't have a partner. Like, that's not, that's not the narrative that is, A, is true all the time. B, that you want your kid to have. C, right. I feel like the accomplishments that a person is able to, you know, just espouse or, or just even create for themselves are that much greater if they're parenting single-handedly. To me, I, I find it very, very admirable. Well, it's, it's not easy. I do want to make sure that I don't make it sound like super rosy and fabulous and everything flows along like a, you know, uh, like you're going down a river on an inner tube. You know, it's, it's definitely hard. And it definitely, it's interesting that you brought up, you know, having a team and having support. Like, you really do. I have needed that desperately at times. Yep. And I think kind of knowing that in advance and preparing for that and yep. also knowing there will be times when it is just you. <laughs> like, yep. Um, yep. And you'll be sick and your kid will be exactly. sick and <laughs> nobody That's will right. want to get out of bed, but the dogs will still need to be fed. That's right. Like, it's all of that, but that's what life is. That's right. And it's always hard sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes we are we hit bottoms and we're like, how can we get get one foot in front of the other? And but that's <laughs> you know that's why I'm trying to like bring this role model idea into play so that when people are at a bottom, yeah. like I can't do this, I can't do this. It's like you are doing it. You know, you're you're doing it yeah. right now. I. Yeah, so I, I do, I, there are, will be episodes about what to do when you are so sick that you can't even, like, walk across the room, <laughs> and there's no one to help you, you know? like, what do yeah. you do? And you have a three-year-old running around, because that does happen, or, or yeah. you know, the physical heavy lifting, the, the difficulty of, of having to always carry the groceries, and always, um, you yeah. know, just... Yeah, make sure that the laundry's done and folded. All those things that that people do, and that there are tips and you know ways to get around that. But having a team to yeah. me is is a big part of that. But I it appreciate is. you saying. I that. will say, my daughter, my daughter is now old enough to help carry the groceries in, and that is so nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's huge. <laughs> it is huge. I, it does get easier when they can dress themselves. You know, it gets easier yes. when, when they can tell time and know, you know, how, how to get ready in the morning and make their cereal or whatever. It, it just time is, is a blessing in that regard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I, I can imagine that being a parent and, and a solo parent has influenced your writing and your work. And I will say that I did notice in an episode of Fantasy Island that one woman's fantasy was simply to get some rest. Like she went there and like kind of broke down and and this was a big episode for you guys, you know, I, I from what I what I know and hear. And that this this uh star, you know, makes this return to TV, whatever. And she says, I, I'm yeah. not getting enough rest. Like tell me I, I had to laugh about that. Well, it's funny that that is what stood out for you because, yeah, you're right. It was a huge episode. We had three stars from Melrose Place reuniting on the episode. Yeah. They were incredible, lovely, couldn't have been more amazing. But that particular episode and that particular fantasy was straight from me and my experience <laughs> as a solo parent <laughs> at that point, working 24-7. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and it's funny because 
you know, in the writer's room, when we first started talking about the episode, I was like, I think one of them just wants to rest. (laughs) And several other writers who don't have kids or who are male were like, I mean, I don't know. Is that a fantasy? Is that really like just to rest? It doesn't seem like a big enough fantasy. And I was like, trust me, it's a big enough fantasy. And one of the writers actually went and called her sister-in-law who had three kids and said, what would your fantasy be? And she said, oh God, to rest. (laughs) And I just thought you had like, being a parent is exhausting. And I mean, that would literally be my fantasy. If I could have a fantasy, I would just want to go somewhere really quiet and beautiful and sleep a lot. Oh my God. <laughs> and I love it. Like, like they walk her to this beautiful <laughs> yeah. bed that's like in the middle of the jungle, but it's not too jungly. It's just perfect. Has tons of pillows, you know, and yeah. she gets covered. Oh, she's asleep before work can even cover her up. And, <laughs> And it's not the sleep where you're worrying about things like this, yeah. you know, it's the sleep of, okay, I'm okay. You know, everything's okay. And, and I just feel like that reverberates for a parents throughout, you know, the universe, but also <laughs> older parents, also solo parents, single parents. Um, that yeah. I, I really just was like, yes, I was so happy that that manifested on that show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. And I, I, it's funny because after the episode, after we saw the director's cut, I was like, Liz, I finally feel like we've accomplished something with our careers. Like, I am so <laughs> proud of that episode because I feel like it really centers women and particularly women at a certain stage of life yeah. that, you know, are often ignored in the media. Yeah. And I think kind of featured us in a really honest, way but it's also so fun yes. I mean they were so great it was super fun there was so much cool energy and <laughs> some heavy drinking and um, <laughs> you know just it was there was all it was all things and I so people when you're listening go 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 watch Fantasy Island definitely get to that episode and beyond so I just huge yeah. fan big fan and oh thanks for watching it's available on Hulu I'll just Yes. Do my little Fantasy Island shout out. There you go. <laughs> Plug it. I, and I want to also talk about Happier in Hollywood because you guys are, you two are so pragmatic in this podcast that you do with Liz. Can you talk a little bit about what inspired the podcast and whether, you know, being being a parent and a single parent was something that, that inspired the creation of, of that podcast? Yeah, it's interesting because it actually makes me kind of emotional. I have to like adjust my feelings. My process of becoming a single parent was really by choice Mm -hmm. was I think spurred by Gretchen Rubin's book, the happiness project. Mm -hmm. I think without that book and reading that book, I'm not sure I would have totally kind of gotten there. Mm -hmm. I I, sometimes I say that my daughter is my happiness project Mm -hmm. and you know, and, and Gretchen and Liz, Gretchen Rubin is Liz's sister and the happiness project is like a huge best-selling book. And Gretchen and Liz have a podcast together called happier with Gretchen Rubin. And then our podcast is kind of a a spinoff of that. So it's a very circular thing. It's like, without this book, I wouldn't have had this wonderful child. And now we have this podcast where we get to kind of talk about 
how to have full, as sane as possible lives, you know, in an industry that is just kind of maddening sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I do, we, I definitely talk about the only parentness of it on the podcast, yeah. but it, it's, it sort of helps us both personally and professionally center ourselves Mm -hmm. and kind of continually remind ourselves of what we want Mm -hmm. and how to get there. And we also see it as a mentoring podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't talk to everybody who's starting a career in Hollywood. So all of these things that we've learned, we put into the podcast some people can access them. Well, it's also, to me, a testament and a testimony about friendship. You know, you both spend time together during the recording of, of the podcast in a certain way that feels very much like sitting at a table with you over lunch and, you know, being just witnessing your, your friendship that is has been a friendship for a long, long time and and you work together. So I I feel like for me, you know, when I'm walking the dog or if I'm alone, it's a really nice way for me to just check in and feel like I'm not alone, you know, and that that there are people who are friends who make make things happen in the world and who can build empires, you know, and support each other in all these aspects. So so you guys really bring so much to that. And I love listening. to. Oh, thanks for saying that. That makes me feel really good. Yeah, it it does definitely matter that we've been friends since we were 14. Yeah. (laughs) There's a dynamic that you kind of can't create without that, I think. Oh, I remember. I mean, I was in those hallways. I saw you guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You may have read our first piece we wrote together on like Kansas City Delis or something oh in, the God, voice. in the voice oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I think you and I might have even been in a musical together I could be wrong I think I, I think we were I yeah feel like we were in a musical together which is super I, cool. I would not have had a lead role <laughs> well but you do now. You, I would have been in the chorus. You yeah, have somewhere a lead in the back. role right this second, Seraphine. <laughs> and and I love uh, that that you're pulling the strings behind behind what people, millions and millions of people are enjoying every day, every evening, you know, depending on how much they binge, everything you've done. So I I'm just really honored and that you're passionate about being a solo mom. I I wanna wrap up by asking you if you have any hot tips advice, tricks, things that make being a solo parent, a solo mom easier for you? Mm. Plan ahead. Check. That's huge. Okay. And don't be afraid to ask for help. We're all so, there's definitely, you know, a, a personality trait, I think, of solo moms. We are like independent, you know, like, we are just people who I think often, not going to totally overgeneralize, but don't like to ask for help. Right. And I certainly don't like to ask for help. And the best things I've ever done as a solo parent were allowed only because I was willing in those times to ask for help anyway. Right. So, yeah, that's it. Plan ahead. Ask for help. Perfect. 
what we'll, else what we'll else is there? It. And enjoy the ride a little bit, maybe? Um, and enjoy. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, yeah, that's, which is another thing we talk about on Happier in Hollywood. Like, you know, like a career in entertainment, parenting is hard. So when it's great, like revel in how great it is and how awesome your kid is. Yeah, I, I love that. Well, I know we're scratching the surface. I would love to have the opportunity to talk more about the unique journey that you're on because our audience needs role models like you who can help them just get to the next moment sometimes, you know, or take the car ride and listen and know that the work that they're doing is important. The parenting they're doing is important. And I really hope, Sarah, that you'll consider coming back and chatting with us again sometime. I would love to. This has been so fun. It's so nice to hear your voice after all these years. I know. (laughs) Can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. Life is amazing. So it is. I'm just grateful. Want to want to give a shout out. Please visit Sarah's shows. I'm going to drop all everything into the episode notes. Happier in Hollywood, Fantasy Island, The Shield. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I know that you have stuff in the works as well. So tune into Happier in Hollywood so that everybody knows what's what's going to be coming up next for you and Liz. Awesome. Thanks, Julie. This has been really, really great. Oh, thank and you. Thanks for doing this podcast so needed. Yay. Well, we're just going to keep trucking. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate that you've joined us. Please follow us on Instagram at Solo Parent Podcast for goodies and more content. And tell your friends about us. Check out our sister website, soloparentmag.com for articles, resources, and advice. We're here to make your lives easier. The Solo Parent Podcast is recorded at Phosphor Studio in KCMO. It's produced by the shining Royce Diamond White, who's manning the recording studio. And a big shout out to Jason Orr and Jesse Black, who pull the strings here at Phosphor Studio. Check them out at phosphorstudio.com. They're incredible. I'll see you next time. I'm Jolie Herman. Let me know what you want to hear about when you visit our Instagram page at Solo Parent Podcast. We might be solo, but we're not alone. Take care. <laughs>